everyone. You're listening to Ed Young Radio, Ed Pastors Fellowship Church, and we want to thank you for listening with us. These next few minutes together can change your life, and you can always hear more by visiting edyoung.com. Enjoy the message. I want to start today by making a very controversial statement. God is good. There you go. I said it. Some are going, well, that's compelling. That's a a good statement because you just talked about the goodness of God. Others of us would say, wow, that's sort of scary. It's, like I said earlier, controversial. Because if you take that phrase and just let it sit there for a while, it tells you and me that we're not so good. So it's a all-encompassing statement. One of the first things we find out about God is the reality that God is a good God. As we've been reading the Bible, if you're brand new here, if you braved the COVIDs and showed up today, we've been reading, I know COVID is serious, don't, let me qualify that statement. I was just joking by saying that, okay? Okay, I'm just kidding around. You have to understand my humor. Sometimes it's a little bit sarcastic. But thank you for being here, you know? Give yourselves a round of applause. Today, it's going to be an interesting day because over the next 25 minutes and 56 seconds, I'm gonna give you the cliff notes of a conversation I had in a parking lot several months ago about this very subject. I was walking in this parking lot, trying to find my car, which for me is a chore, because I'm the most directionally challenged person you've ever seen in your life. So it's probably, who knows, I don't know, 98 degrees, and I'm looking for my car, and a friend of mine from the meeting came up to me. He's a great guy, real, you know, charismatic individual, a man's man, you know, and he's like, Ed, Ed, I wanna tell you something. And I could tell he was teary, And this guy's not some guy that cries a lot. And he said, I follow you on social media and I just wanted to tell you I'm so, so sad about your daughter. He said, I can't believe she died. And I said, well, it's been a nightmare. And even right now, it's a nightmare. I wish I could tell you that we're not mourning, that it's easier now. It's not, it's not, you know. Talk about that in a little while, but after he said that to me, which I greatly appreciated, he, he pivoted in the conversation and he told me about some friends of his. And you know when someone's talking, you're thinking, I wonder where they're going. He said, I have a couple of friends, they're young and married with three kids and both, he said, have debilitating diseases. 
Ed, these things hit out of nowhere. And there's a chance both of them will pass away. So he's telling me that in this parking lot, tears in his eyes, and then he made this statement. Ed, if God's going to allow that, I don't wanna play on his team. What do you think about that? He asked. What would you say? That's real. I've asked that question before. So have you. I mean, what would you say? What is your response to someone who says something like that? Is God good? When things are only good, is God good? When things are good and when things are bad. How could a good God allow suffering in the world? How could a good God allow my daughter to die January the 19th of this year? How could a good God allow his friends to have these illnesses? Is God still good? Deep questions. You don't really hear a lot of sermons about this topic because it's not popular. You're not gonna get the clicks and the likes. You're not gonna get the book deals when you talk about the rugged planes of reality, as I like to say. But here's the deal. All of us will be there one day. I'm not trying to throw a doggy downer on anybody, but all of us will be there one day. So today, if you'll give me permission, as I said, I'm gonna give you the cliff notes of the conversation. I'm gonna share with you several things I told him. I believe I was led by the Holy Spirit of God. And then I'll comment on those things. Obviously, my answer was not you know, 25 minutes, but I want to share with you some of these statements I made. And let's sort of, talk about them and, and unpack them. Because this is a question that we will grapple with until we get to the other side. And especially young people, you'll be hit with this time and time again. Well, the first thing I said to him, the first statement I said was, hey, Bart, we live in a fallen place. Our world is not perfect. What's the situation? What's the rub? Why? One word, sin. That's it. Why is our world Fallen sin, it affects us directly and indirectly. We live in a world where bad things happen to good people and good things happen to bad people. The Bible says it rains on the just and the unjust. Bad things happen. Why? Trace it all the way back to the soils of the garden, sin. S-I-N. When God 
created. And sometimes people will say, well, why didn't God just make, make everyone without a tendency toward evil? Why, why, why didn't God do that? Well, well, think about choice. God made us with a free will. And with the free will, there's an opportunity to choose the right way, the goodness of God. There's also an opportunity to choose a choice away from God. Evil is simply the absence of the goodness of God. That's evil. When man sinned, it was our bad. It's my bad, people say. When man sinned, when we dropped the ball, God ratcheted down the entire creative order. Natural disasters, pestilence, disease, accidents, all sorts of things. There are eight billion people on planet Earth. Eight billion broken, screwed up, self-centered sinners. And when you have eight billion doing that, and then you throw in the devil himself. Uh, let's get ready to rumble. Why is reality television so popular? Seriously. Case in point, the Kardashians had a 20-year run on reality television. Why do we watch the Kardashians? Keeping up with the Kardashians. I know why we watch them. It makes me feel better about myself. <laughs> I look at them and go, man, they're the beautiful people. They make more money in a month than I'll ever make in my life. I'm a lot better than them. And that's why you like it too. They have all the fame, all the fortune. They take all the trips, but look how messed up they are. I'm a lot better than them. We have a tendency when we're confronted with the goodness of God to compare and contrast our lives with others. And we can always find someone who is not as good as we are. We have this sin nature. We have this this tendency to, to do our own thing, our own way. It's a choice. Love, and God is a God of love, has a choice, and it is a choice. Love wouldn't be love if we didn't have the choice. Don't you see the brilliance, the genius of how good God is? We have a freedom of choice, and with the freedom of choice, there's gonna be evil. And with this freedom of choice, that's where you have true love. But we're sinners. Have you seen the Cowboys uh, hard knocks on HBO? Go ahead and lift your hand, I have. People are like shy to lift their hand, lift your hand, yeah, yeah. Dallas Cowboys. I watched that show. I love behind the scenes like stuff, you know, documentaries. It was 49, minutes and 53 seconds. And I thought as I was watching it and as the credits roll, I thought, you know, 
if someone edited out all of the F-bombs, 49 minutes would turn into about 14 <laughs> minutes. Why do people talk that way? Why do you talk that way? Why do I talk this way? No one, no one taught it. I never had cussing lessons. <laughs> I never had negativity lessons. I never had lessons on, hey, Eddie, here's how you compare yourself with others and make sure you find someone who's not as righteous as you. Good, man's good, isn't good enough, but God's good is more than enough. As I've been reading through Scripture, this is just some Old Testament passages. Let me just kind of cruise through these. First Chronicles 16, 34, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. Psalm 34, eight, taste and see that the Lord is good. Psalm 104 through five, give thanks to him and praise his name for the Lord is good and his love endures forever. And Psalm 31, 19 through 20, how great is your goodness that you have stored up isn't that cool? The goodness of God is boxed up in a storage unit, I like to say, for those of you and me who fear him. You have accomplished in the sight of everyone for those who take refuge. So I have this goodness, so do you, as a follower of Christ, boxed up in this storage unit from and by the God of the universe. And as I need this as I take refuge in him, even in pain, even in suffering, even through the death of my daughter, God is good. But I know what you're thinking. Some of you are going, well, okay. I got it, Ed. God is, is good. He's good. When things are going and flowing, God's good. When I'm making money, God's good. When I get the scholarship, God's good. Sell the company, God's good. God's good, God's good. But I ask you again, what happens when you don't get the scholarship? What happens when you blow the knee out? What happens when you try to start a company and it doesn't work? What happens when you're fired? What happens when you get a bad report from the doctor? I mean, those are, those are issues. Those are situations that we all face. I have 26,200 photos, pictures on my iPhone. That's a lot. Dates all the way back. I was looking the other day, scrolling back maybe to 2012. It's a lot. You cannot follow me, for example, I'll use myself because I'm up here by myself, alone. You can't follow me on Instagram or whatever, Facebook, and look at some photos and go, oh, that's Ed. Really, that's him. I, I, I followed Ed for a while and I really know him by those photos. No, 
you don't. If you're gonna go the photo route in my life, and I would have to do the same in yours, I would have to go back to the beginning of your life. And even in God's economy, before the beginning. You know, God thought you up before you were even a twinkle in your father's eye, but that's a whole nother message. So that's how good our great God is. But to understand somebody, you need to see the full context and perspective of them. Far too often we see just four or five photographs of God and think that's God. We have to understand and build a full photo album of God. There's a, a, a strain of Christianity, air quotes, and this strain of Christianity only talks about, for the most part, abundance and faith and deliverance and miracles. It's what they kind of talk about. And the underlying vibe is, if you're sick and you die, you just didn't have enough faith. Now that's heresy, I hope you know that. Whenever you hear that, that's not biblical. We don't use God like a UPS boy. He's not a genie. Faith is not some commodity where we make God get what we want. I'm, I'm preaching the gospel to you, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And the gospel means good news. Without the gospel, we're done. So understand, is God good? Yes. Is faith important? Yes. Does God perform miracles? Yes. Does he heal everybody? No. Most people I've prayed for, quite frankly, I've had in my life healing services and where we gather together leaders and anoint people with oil. We've had some people have amazing, miraculous turnarounds, but most who have diseases die. <laughs> what, I mean, what do, you, what, do you, what do you do with that? I wish God would wipe out all the evil in the world. I don't know if I'd say that because we wouldn't be here. Why would God allow bad things to happen to good people? So you're saying you're good? No one is good in the truest sense of the word. See, we don't understand, on one hand, how massive, how gargantuan God's goodness is. And then, on the other, we don't understand how sinful our sin is. But I told my friend Bart, going back to Bart, I said, you know, we all live in a fallen place. And then the second thing I said, another statement, is I talked to him, and the reason I know these things is because I wrote this down in my Bible after I had this conversation. I said, you know, this is not the end of the game. This is not the final chapter. We we live forever in one of two places. 
either in the right place or the wrong place. Well, how could God create the devil? Let me say it again. How could God create evil? That's a result, again, let me say it, of choice, of choice. God is so good, he has a master plan to eradicate evil, that's why we have hell, the devil and the demons are living on borrowed time. Not to scare you, but if you have not given your life to Christ and you die, you're not gonna go where you think you're going to go because the Bible says most people are on the performance plan and that doesn't work because one sin, God is so good, one sin, one sin of omission or commission causes a massive delta between ourselves and God. I told my friend though, you know, this is not all there is. I said, in walking through grief with Lee Beth, it's like you have parallel tracks. You have joy and the goodness of God, then you have the pain and the nightmare of loss. As I was driving to church today, you got the HOV lane and you have the regular lane, right? And they're, and they're parallel. But eventually, the HOV lane stops and the other lane keeps going and going and going. The Bible promises us one day pain and suffering will stop. Yet as Christ followers, we'll keep going and going and going. And here's what I don't get about myself. I think that God sometimes owes me an explanation. And I've gotten mad at God during this process. Angry. God, if you'd explain it to me, why Lee Beth is not here, I'd feel better. Isaiah 55, eight. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. See, we don't, understand how big God is. Nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. I talked to my friend Bart and I said, Bart, man, we don't know. I said, I'll never know. You'll never know the answer until we move from this side of the dirt to the other. We're not gonna know. And quite frankly, we don't have the bandwidth. If God gave us the answer, to comprehend it. We, we really, really don't. We think in our sinfulness, oh yeah, I can, oh, I'm smart. Okay. Our three and a half year old granddaughter came over Thursday, that was fun. It's amazing, I'm 35 years old and three and a half year old. Granddaughter. We had fun. We swam. Played with our dogs. 
Went to a little park in the area. That was cool. Then, Sterling is her name, came back to the house and she wanted to play my favorite game, Candyland. Now, Candyland's a very emotional game for youngsters. If you've not played it, you've not really played the game. We played it, and you know, Candyland, you draw certain cards, they have colors on them, and then you can have certain symbols, and you can get way ahead. But if you draw the wrong card, you have to go all the way back to the beginning. And that happened to Sterling a couple of times, and she wasn't that happy. <laughs> Finally, we finished, and we said, Sterling, let's put everything back in the box. So we collected little figures, put them back in the box, folded the game board, put it back in the box. When the game is over, everything goes back in the box. All of your wheeling and dealing goes back in the box. Your little nest egg, back in the box. Maybe someone's watching this and you have all of this money, all of this property, it, it all goes back in the box. It all goes back in the box. One life to live soon will pass. Only what we've done for the Lord Jesus is the only thing that'll last. When you've been as close to someone dying as I have, and as many of you have, you understand the brevity of life. Here's the third thing. I said, Bart, the worst thing, have you ever thought about this? And, and, and hey, God, God gave me these words. I'm not this smart, okay? This is, this is from God and I'm simply, these responses, I'm simply paraphrasing the Bible. That's all I'm doing. Don't go, man, that is something else. I'm just reciting the Bible. So I said, Bart, the third thing I want to say, the worst thing happened to the best person. You want to talk about suffering? You want to talk about pain? You want to talk about betrayal? Think what happened. Just, just let your mind kind of go back to that hill couple thousand years ago when God, our good God, who can't even look at sin, poured out his wrath, his justice, his judgment on the shoulders of Jesus. Jesus took hell, which I deserve and you deserve. Because he was perfectly good, death couldn't hold him, he rose again. And now the good news is he offers us a choice to either go his way or not. Fourth thing, the final thing I told him, you know when you speak, you should never say the final thing. Did you know that? Because people are like, okay, we're done. <laughs> hey, it might not be the final thing. 
I could have been faking. I might go, psych, there's seven other things. No, this is the last thing. God leverages pain in powerful and mysterious ways. I cannot understand it. I cannot explain it. In all of my study of the world religions and worldviews for that matter, Christianity is the only worldview that makes sense, listen to me, of evil and suffering. It's the only one. You remember that movie back in the day, Good Burger? Remember that? Welcome to Good Burger. Well, well, the Bible is a good burger. The, the bun in the book of Genesis is joy and goodness. But then in the middle, it's not so good, is it? Talks about the good side and bad side and all sorts of mayhem. But the bun at the end is outrageous, contagious joy and goodness. It's a good way to think about the Bible, isn't it? Good burger. <laughs> How about the Apostle Paul? Paul preached the gospel to the Galatians because he was sick, because he was, because he was suffering. You know, and this is kind of weird. I, I, I don't want to reveal too much. This is not like some, some sort of therapy session I'm having with you, but I do want to share with you the grief and the pain that our family is feeling now. And we've had so many amazing stories of people's lives that have been galvanized because of the death of our daughter. But as great as that is, it doesn't take away the pain. It doesn't even come close. But I'm happy that God is using it. And Lisa and I have said, you know, we're gonna follow this and do whatever God wants us to do with this story. But I grew up listening to all sorts of music and for some reason, once Lee Beth passed away, I've had a hunger for worship music, for Christian-based music like I've never had in my life. And I thought, I wonder why. Well, it's gotta be heaven. You know, it's gotta be when we worship, we're coming into the presence of God in a deep way, we're at his throne, and I know it's about God, but I know also, Lee Beth is right there worshiping. And when you see your daughter, in essence, die in your arms, our lives will never be the same. I mean, I'm, I'm just gonna tell you, I'm, I'm not the same. I'm not. I've seen God, though, leverage this in mysterious and in powerful ways. In fact, I would have never had that conversation with Bart had Lee Beth not passed away. And he's watching right now in the Southeast because of that. 
Thursday morning, yeah, Sterling was over there at our house then, I told you. I have, a, I have some weights in our garage. And guys, isn't it true that when we have our own space, slowly but surely, the women take it over? <laughs> more and more things are in the garage now. I have a hard time even moving. Doing curls like. <laughs> so I'm working on the tricep extension. You know, triceps, the back of your arms. So I'm listening to one of my favorite songs, the Revelation song, and I love the way Carrie Job and our team obviously performs it. So I'm listening and I'm doing these tricep pushdowns, extensions, and I just glanced and I saw a couple of boxes. I thought that's odd, I've never seen these boxes in the garage, so here I am listening to a song about heaven, doing tricep extensions, and I see in magic marker, with a Sharpie, I guess, Lee Beth's China. And as I looked at that, these little boxes, I just started crying while I was doing tricep extensions. And I thought, you know, here Lee Beth lived. For the most part, this dynamic life. In her clothes, I don't know where they are. I think someone bought her house. But that's basically all we have left of her. Just a couple of boxes. And then something told me to walk over to the box, one of the boxes, there were two, and open it. I don't know why, but I stopped the tricep movement, walked over, opened, it was the second box, and I looked, and I wanna show you what is in the box. That is a drawing slash painting I did for Lee Beth when she was going through a very difficult time in a rehab clinic in South Padre Island. And this photo is of a boat and I named the boat Grace, Dallas, Texas. What's in your box? What's in your box? I pray that it's full of God's amazing grace. listening and thanks to all who give so generously to this ministry. It's because of you that we can continue this show and equip people with the hope of heaven. You can click the link in the description to support the show or visit edyoung.com. There you can also be resourced with bonus content for free, including a daily devotional. 
We also encourage you to share the message today with those around you. Thank you again for listening. God bless.